This episode of TC Spotlight is brought to you by The Lighthouse Store. The Lighthouse Store is a new thrift store in Rocky Mount located at 3217 Sunset Avenue. If you haven't completed all your Christmas shopping yet, be sure to check them out. They have rock-bottom prices, but high-quality inventory. Their business hours are Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Saturday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. They're a Christ-centered thrift store that sells high-quality donated items to the general public with all proceeds going to support local post-prison ministries in Nash and Edgecombe counties. In addition to shopping, if you have items you'd like to donate, you can drop by during business hours or call James at 252-822-2047. You can also check out redemptionplace.org to find out more about the ministries they support. We'd like to thank the Lighthouse Store, and we'd like to encourage listeners to go check them out. This episode of TC Spotlight is also brought to you by Factory 633. Factory 633 is an event venue located in Rocky Mount with 4,000 square feet of air-conditioned space available for weddings, corporate events, and more. Contact them for more information by phone at 252-350-2216 or by email at events at factory633.com. You can also find them at factory633.com. This episode of TC Spotlight is also brought to you by Metro Maintenance. Metro Maintenance has provided fast, reliable services to its customers since 1986. The company services Nash, Edgecombe, and Halifax counties and offers services for homeowners, business owners, and commercial and institutional facilities. These services include heating and cooling, electrical plumbing, and general repairs. Metro Maintenance holds all of the appropriate licenses, is insured, and all work is guaranteed. Call 252-977-2730 for service today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of TC Spotlight. We're very excited to be joined today by the mayor of Tarboro, Tate Mayo. He's the youngest mayor. I won't make the joke again about how young he is, but he's the youngest mayor in Tarboro's history, according to their uh, website. Um, so we'll start like we do with all of our guests. Mayor Mayo, will you uh, tell us how you ended up in Tarboro? Well, I was born and raised out at uh, Coakley Crossroads, which is about six houses close to Speed, between Tarboro and Speed, when I guess it was around 2002 or 2003, we ended up moving into town about a block and a half from where we're sitting at Town Hall now, and I never thought that I would come home, and here I am at 30, uh, the mayor of my hometown. And and what did you do before you were the mayor? Uh, I understand you have a family business that makes socks? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I wish being a mayor was a full-time gig. Uh, it's part-time pay with full-time responsibilities. But since 1931, my family's made socks here in Tarboro. My great-grandfather bought uh, Columbus Washington Mayo Jr. for the record. Uh, we called him Poppy. He bought a textile mill that was going out of business in 1931. Uh, he did that to hedge his bets with the farm where if cotton prices were low, there was a spinning mill, maybe three blocks, uh, I guess to our west. And they would spin the yarn or the cotton into yarn and they would turn the yarn into socks. And there are about a dozen different textile mills here in Edgecombe County. Uh, to this day, we're the last one standing. Uh, it's a small operation now, but at one point, there were about 400 folks that worked three shifts, 
uh, 50 weeks out of the year, 24 hours a day, those mills were running. Uh, it's not nearly what it used to be, but we're still in the game. And what's your role with the company? My role with the company is I do what I'm told by the generation above me. <laughs> uh, everything from maintenance to design to manufacturing to inventory. Uh, and I, I'd like to say it pays well, but I've, I've yet to get my first penny from it. It's more or less uh, that was something that I did because that's what I care about uh, is to continue that. And we tried to make our own brand of, of sock and... Well, you hadn't heard of Mayo, but you have heard of Nike. But maybe one day we'll we'll, we'll be on the uh, Nike footing. Right, yeah. right. So, Mayor, Mr. Mayor, did you ever uh, think about leaving Tarboro, or were you always going to end up here? Well, I, I definitely, it, it was planted in, in my garden that I needed to spread wings and leave and come back, you know, later on down the road because not much would change, uh, you know. My dad pushed my sisters and myself to, to get out of town, to go make some money, to go, you know, live our lives. And then when we were ready to come back, uh, and it actually happened one weekend when I came back, when I was living in Raleigh, had just graduated school. My dad had thrown his back out brushing his teeth. I didn't know what had happened. I just heard a thud and some screaming and, yeah. You know, I thought something really bad had happened and I walk into my dad's bathroom and nope, he was just holding the toothbrush with one hand and his back with the other. And I thought, well, my old man's about to be 60 years old. And if, if this is how it's going to be, I need to move home. So within a month, I quit my job, didn't have much of a game plan in coming home, actually went to army recruiter's office because I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, ended up taking a job with the County, uh, Edgecombe County doing or designing septic systems and doing soil work, which uh, ended up having me go, going over to Pitt County because they paid a lot better. Quit that because my friend Cutchin and I, we were going to make a lot of money growing hemp, and that went up in smoke, no pun intended. <laughs> and then I ended up farming with my family, not hemp, uh, row crops, corn peanuts, soybeans, cotton. Uh, and that's where I am today. I'm just coming here. I've left the farm. We were getting a gearbox squared away on a, a mower that I'm not going to mention names, but I had a bearing go out on me and I, I kind of messed it up a little bit. So we were trying to unmess it up and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been very gratifying. It's definitely not been an easy road. It's there haven't been any shortcuts, and if there have been, I've missed those. And I took the long route, long route every every chance I got. But it's been awfully gratifying. So how do you go from that to becoming the mayor of Tarboro? Well, uh, a couple of years back, some folks approached me and said, hey, you, know, you need to take on the role of, of a councilman. And there ended up being three of us that were in the running for it. You know, I, I was working with the county at the time, and uh, so three or four years ago, that doesn't really matter so much, but I ended up going down to the county office, put $10 down and my name in the pot, and I think I ended up winning by about seven votes and had no idea what I was getting myself into. 
first couple months were great. We had this big tire plant that was supposed to come out at Kingsboro, which, uh, long story short, they didn't come. Uh, the economy was looking really well. Well, something happened around 2019, 2020. I can't, I can't put my finger on it exactly what it was, but the world went to hell in a handbasket real fast <laughs> and, uh, things got really interesting. Uh, budgets got tight. It was a real trial by fire and, uh, through all of it, eventually same thing happened. Uh, our mayor, our former mayor, Joe Pitt was not going to run again. And a couple folks tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to do that. You, you, you need to run for that. You'd be good. Same thing happened again. Uh, just to get those voices out of my head, I went down to the county office, put $10 down, and ended up winning. So you spent $20 becoming the mayor? Well, I spent more than that. Uh, I had to buy an <laughs> awful lot of signs. The signs, uh, the first batch of them, I was actually in Arizona with Farm Bureau. Uh, they have a young farmer and rancher group that I'm part of, and somebody sent me a picture of, hey, there's signs out uh, from other folks that are running. I said, okay, well, uh, let me enlist my, my campaign staff, which was my mom and my dad. And within a day, they had put out all 100 signs that I bought. And that was all I planned on buying or had planned on buying. Well, then folks kept asking me for more signs. So ended up buying some more. Uh, about emptied my bank account buying signs. And I think all in all, there are about 400 of them. Uh, I didn't ask a single person to put one up as all folks asking me if they could have a sign. And I said, sure. Had to have some spreadsheets and, and acclimate my parents to how to use uh, Google sheets, which that, that was a headache. Um, I think we raised about six or $7,000, never asked for a single donation from anybody. Uh, so I guess it's real humbling, but I guess folks, think that I did an okay job as a councilman, and I hope they think I'm doing an okay job as the mayor. So when you came in as the mayor, what was your grand vision? What was it you hoped to see in your term? Well, uh, you know, there there are a couple things. Uh, when I first ran for council, uh, we've got a lot of old housing around here. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad, but you can sell the same house 10 times and you still only have one house. Uh, i wanted to work on housing. I wanted to get our internet woes straightened out. And transportation was the third thing that I set out to, to try to, if nothing else, shine a light on and say, okay, we've got a problem. We've got 14% of our population without adequate transportation. And by adequate, that means anything other than their legs. Uh, in terms of housing, uh, over the past year and a half and granted some of it has to do with the incentives that Tarboro put in place some of it has to do with the economy as a whole but we had over 200 houses go up we've got uh, about 200 more on the books uh, that can be built but 200 that have actually gone up in the past year alone and for a town of 11,000 by census data 12,000 in reality uh, that's that's a, that's a good margin of housing, uh, especially in such a short period of time. There are two sides to every coin, uh, and, and that issue, it's probably a sword. You know, you've got some folks that say, okay, well, you know, we need to 
just maintain what we've got. We've got a great quaint town, uh, and we do, but we also need to be forward thinking as to, okay, what's our town going to look like in 10, 20, 30 years? What's our tax base going to look like in 10, 20, 30 years? Uh, a lot of the folks in the council might not be around in 10, 20, 30 years, but I hope that I will be. I hope that, uh, you know, me being where I'm at, I can exemplify what it means to come back and to make a difference in a, a small town. Uh, a lot of my friends and heck, I mean, even I thought that I would be one of those people that would go and stay gone. Uh, we've seen a resurgence of the youth coming back. Folks that I went to grade school with are coming back. The folks that have gone out. Um, and, you know, there's no better place to start a family, in my opinion, which is sometimes flawed. <laughs> with the internet, um, we've got a fiber optic provider, Infinity Link, coming through town. Uh, in terms of what we've got already, if you were to move in tomorrow, the we've got two providers, and I won't mention names because I don't think too highly of them. I drove past one of them on the way in. Big building. Big building? No, maybe not. Oh. Um, no, they don't, don't. Oh, yeah, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Sorry, I'm a little slow. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm actually, we had somebody from the state, uh, DIT, Department of Internet Technology, maybe. I know I'm butchering that, but we had somebody come and look at some of the problems that we have with our aging infrastructure. Uh, you can go downtown and you can see poles side by side and it's where the electric department will put up a new utility pole and right beside it you've got a utility pole from the 70s that the original coax cable in Tarboro was put up in 78 um, that they won't move it over it might be because of lack of resources it's definitely not for lack of us letting them know that you know, that's there uh, and they, they need to move it over. But um, hopefully these folks from Raleigh can help us button up what we've already got. And hopefully the new provider that's coming through will provide us with another option if folks aren't happy with what they've got. In terms of transportation, we've still got a ways to go. Um, you know, it takes me... 30 minutes to go from my house to the grocery store and back. And it's just me feeding me. If I had to do that every day, well, let's say every third day, uh, that's still an hour, not including the time that I, I'm actually at the grocery store. Uh, we've looked at everything from golf carts to uh, bikes to uh, greater transportation. And we, we haven't really been able to peg anything down yet. But uh, those are the three things that I tried to work on when I first got on the council. And in large part, we're still trying to work on. So uh, what, what do you want to see as far as economic development for Tarboro? And, and what is the mayor's role in bringing that about? Well, uh, just like right now, we're shining a light on things. And, you know, perhaps I was a little too critical in the things that I've, I've shown a light on thus far. But. Uh, for me, I, I can only do what one person can do. Uh, you know, I, I'm no Clark Kent. <laughs> I don't have uh, anything under this shirt other than some long johns because it's awfully cold outside. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think one thing that we 
had at the last meeting that could potentially bode very well for our downtown is a social district. Yeah, so, actually, I was I was going to ask you about this, but since you brought it up, can you can you tell us what is a social district? And then, yeah, can you expand on on what what the goal is for it? Well, all of Tarbra is a social district. You can't go somewhere without talking to somebody. Right. But um, we codified a certain area extending from our town common, which is the second oldest in the United States, second to Boston, uh, down almost to the river, uh, Granville Street. And what that will allow folks to do is they can go into a a bar or a restaurant, get a adult libation, and as long as they have a marked cup, they can go into any store or any area in between with that cup, with whatever the contents of that cup are, so long as a store is willing to have people. You know, I, I feel like that will really help the businesses that we have here, not just the restaurants, but uh, for me, I, I can't stand shopping. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to go downtown with my girlfriend and she's going to be spending money, even if it's not my money, it's going to stress me out. Well, you know, if I have a adult beverage in my hand, maybe I won't care so much. and Maybe I'll even spend some money myself. So, uh, you know, I really hope that I don't think that you're going to see a ton of folks in the streets, but, uh, you know, drinking beers and wine and, and what have you. But, now all of a sudden we can't you know that that's a it's a tool in the toolbox of downtown businesses they don't have the advantages of being uh, you know right off the interstate we're very close to it but uh you know they're not going to get the same amount of traffic hopefully with the social district we'll be able to one uh give a tool in the toolbox for folks that want to do downtown residential development. Uh, if you look right across the street here, uh, I guess this is audio, so you can't really look, but um, you know, you've got residential housing, you've got a coffee shop and you've got a uh, restaurant right underneath it. And the amount of folks that that keeps coming in and out uh, of the doors, whether or not they're buying something, it, it's really good to have that activity. And it would be great to see that uh, further downtown. You know, we can lead a horse to, to water, but we can't make them drink. You know, the town of Taru in and of itself, we cannot make folks do anything with their properties. But hopefully by having this uh, social district, it will incentivize the residential development and also help the businesses that are there and perhaps promote uh, newer folks to come in town. So who who came up with the idea of the social district? Was there was there a another town doing it, or was this something that the council came up with? So state statute allows uh, municipalities to have social districts. Uh, it's a relatively new law. It really came about, I think, after COVID. But um, there are about twelve different municipalities in North Carolina that have one on the books right now. It's really no different than the Rocky Mount Mills, uh, just on a, you know, public streetscape. Um, there was a little bit of pushback and that, well, maybe the hours shouldn't be this. And what if we have problems? Well, we can always roll it back, but, uh, you know, it's, 
like I say, it's a, it's a good tool to have and hopefully it gets utilized. So what would you like to see? You mentioned residential development and you mentioned housing. Um, is the focus of the council largely on the downtown area or is it uh, kind of Tarboro at large? I know it's probably a, a combination of both, but in this case, it definitely seems like that would benefit the downtown development. So are those kind of thought of as separate spheres, like the rest of Tarboro versus downtown? Oh, no. Look, uh, I mean, a, a thriving downtown and a thriving rest of the town, it, it goes hand in hand. Uh, you know, it's something that in order to to stimulate the downtown economy, which it's really the backbone of our town. I mean, if you come into Tarboro proper and you're looking to, to meet up with family or friends or what have you that live here and you go down Main Street, you want to see it thriving. And uh, something like the social district is a, a great way of giving that appearance. Uh you know, you're not going to stop in somewhere if you don't see anybody walking in and out and if you don't see anybody parked in front. Well, if we can get folks to, to utilize it by whatever means necessary, uh, give them the tool of, um, you know, have a beverage and, 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 and shop around. Uh, I think for the younger folks and also for the folks that are just retiring, it provides a great incentive of saying, OK, well, you know, that that's not a small dead old town. They got something going on. Mm -hmm. uh, talking about the difference between uh, downtown and the rest of town, we do have a Main Street coordinator, uh, Main Street coordinator Tina Parker, and she does a great job at the concert series that we do over the summer, hometown homecoming, uh, just all of, just getting the merchants downtown all on the same page, keeping everyone updated. Uh, and for the rest of the town staff, uh, we've got a great planning coordinator in, in Catherine Grimm, who, along with other town staff, they've gone out and they've gotten grant money to almost a million dollars to stabilize the bank of the Tar River and to do some improvement projects like making it handicap accessible, getting down to the river from Main Street and incorporating what is really our, our biggest liability in that river that has flooded us twice in the last 23 years and turning that into an asset. Uh, we're also in talks, I say we, uh, the Parks and Rec planning, myself and the county about trying to expand the, the trail system specifically on the other side of the river in Princeville. Uh, they've got the dike that goes all along Princeville and you know, we're doing a lot and we'd like to see our neighbors thrive too. Uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, which is probably not a good metaphor when I'm talking <laughs> about flooding in a river, especially one that has given us so many bad things. But we, we do want to see good things happen with the river. I mean, it, it's beautiful when you look at it, but you got to get folks down there to look at it. Just like our downtown's beautiful. If you stop and look around, go talk to some folks, but you know, you got to give folks some reasons and incentives to to take the time to, to look at something. So if someone had never been to Tarboro before, as the mayor, what's the sales pitch? What are you telling them? Well, what are you here for? Uh, say I'm, I'm, I married a girl from Tarboro and I'm looking for a job. If you're looking for a job here in Tarboro, it's really not all that hard to find. 
right now it's definitely a um it's an employee's market right now who are, who are the big employers around here you've got ls cable you've got corning you've got sarah lee you've got i'm gonna call it kian but it's now hitachi asamoto i believe uh and you know there, there are jobs to be had now you're not gonna have the choice that you would have in wake county or mecklenburg county but between the extremely low cost of living and the availability of decent jobs, be it corporate or otherwise, you can make an honest living here. I mean, don't expect to become a millionaire after your first year in Tarboro, but you can make an honest living here, and it's really not that hard. There's a perception that, you know, coming to a small town, you're going to have a lot of headaches, a lot of problems, there's nothing to do, and nothing frustrates me more than hearing there's nothing to do in Tarboro. You know, there's not somebody that's going to put on a concert every day. Uh, you can't go to, you know, Restaurant X has this one special on Monday nights, and then X, Restaurant Y has a special. No, I mean, we we don't have that. That's something that you will have to sacrifice, but, I mean, look, we've got a river, we've got a ton of parks, we've got um, if you're into anything outdoors, Tarboro is your place. I mean, you can walk down Main Street. You can eat lunch in the Commons. We've got some good restaurants right here downtown and and throughout our town. There, there's plenty to, to be had if you just open your eyes a little bit. So, <clears throat> obviously, one of the things people will notice coming to downtown Tarboro is all the beautiful homes. Uh, it's a ridiculous number of them, and they're all gorgeous. Are there any more left to be redeveloped? Well, there, in terms of historic homes, yeah, um, there are plenty of of historic homes on the market. Um, not as many as there have been in years past, but there there's still areas in which you can get a historic home and fix it up. So it seems it seems like that's been a big success here. How how did that come about? Was were there incentives provided by the town of Tarboro, or was it really just the fact that there was this huge stock of beautiful homes that people could could renovate largely it's a it's a big stock of homes um you've got a lot of homes that were built in the early 1900s right here downtown and what's now our historic district uh the main incentives to fix up a home or a business that's in the historic district is if it is uh on the register then you can get a 20 percent uh, state tax credit and a 20% federal tax credit. So basically anything that you put in, you're getting 40% back. So if you really want to, uh, you know, get a home and a home that's up to your liking, if you're to buy or build your own home, you're paying a hundred, a hundred percent of the cost. If you, uh, buy an old home, you get 40% of every dollar that you put back from restoring that home. So it's not necessarily something that we did here in Tarboro, but it's something that we benefit from. And uh, then for the folks that are uh, less fortunate that also live in older homes, we've been able to expand. We started off, uh, I think when I got to the council, we got about $30,000 in federal money annually to help fix up folks' homes. Uh, since I've been on the council, we've 
looked at other areas and I think this past year we had about $2 million for folks to do repairs to their homes, be it a HVAC unit, leaky roof, what have you. And we've expanded that program to not just Harboro, but all of Edgecombe County. So we've, uh, we've had some success with that. So if, if these tax credits are available anywhere, why is it you think people are doing this in Tarboro, but not necessarily places like, it doesn't seem like this is happening to the same degree in, in Rocky Mount. Uh, what is, what's the unique thing about Tarboro that you think is, is attracting that investment here? It has to do with the atmosphere. Um, you know, Tarboro, we're everywhere seen an uptick of violent crimes, uh, as of the last two years, uh, We've met with the DA, we've met with, uh, well, I guess, the former DA now and uh, the judge that sets the bonds. And, and they explained to us, you know, you've got crime everywhere, uh, but you don't have as much here. You know, Tarboro is, it's slow enough where you, if you have kids, if you're trying to raise a family, which is something that I would hope to do in the, the next couple years, um, you don't have to worry so much, you know, if they run, if your kids run down the street, you've got 20 sets of eyes on them. You can't do anything as, as a kid, I hated it. You could not get away with anything here, but as an adult, I love it because you always have folks watching your back. Um, the sense of community is, it's second to none. I've been around the world and I've never been to or experienced, uh, community that is tight-knit as Tarboro. And I don't know if it has something to do with uh, coming together when we have experienced hardship, like when the flood of 99 happened, and then again in Matthew, or if it has something to do with uh, the the football team where everybody gets behind it. But uh, the sense of community here, once you experience it, you, you will understand you will really understand it, it, it. For me, it's hard just to walk down the street without saying hello to folks. I can't go to the grocery store unless I've got two hours uh, because folks are just happy to talk to you, happy to be here. Um, we ain't perfect, but we're pretty daggone close. The closest I've ever seen. So I got two last questions for you because I know you're a busy man and we don't want to take up all your time. Uh, the first is kind of a personal question. Okay. Uh, what's it like being a mayor? Do you, you mentioned going to the grocery store. Do people now pull you aside and say, hey, can you uh, help me with this? There is a lot of responsibility, uh, much more responsibility than I expected. There are folks that expect you to be able to solve every problem. And there are folks that just want to be heard out and air a grievance. And, you know, sometimes when something works out, it it's really nice because you get that sense of, satisfaction in knowing that you listen to a problem, you tried to figure out a solution to that problem. And when a solution works, it's great. When something bad happens or something that is perceived as bad, it can be really rough. Uh, you know, things like going to church, it's, it's kind of hard to do sometimes because I know who's going to come up and that and say something it, it can be uh, my favorite one so far was the bathroom at the airport or uh, it, it was so bad that uh, this gentleman just he said he wouldn't let his wife go in there and my second thought was 
sir, you don't have your pilot's license anymore. Why are you hanging out at the airport? Um, you know, stuff like that. It, it can get really old. Did you, did you fix the bathroom? No, I'm just I mean, kidding. No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the instant gratification generation that we live around, everybody wants something. They don't want to do it themselves, but they want something and they want it yesterday. That can be really hard to deal with. But when things go right and something like the social district passes where in large part there, you know, there are two sides to every sword, but I feel like most folks were on the, Hey, that's a good thing side. Yeah. When, when stuff like that goes through, it's nice. You, I, I don't like getting praise. I don't like being the center of anything. Um, but when stuff works it, and you're lifting raising the tide and lifting the ships that that's a good feeling that's something that uh, everybody should experience but the other responsibilities are not nearly as fun um having folks talk about oh well you know my neighbor's cat peed on my favorite rose bush what can the town do about it there ain't much i can do <laughs> you know why is the sky blue i don't know but um but there are moments when it's really awesome when, when, when stuff happens. My final question is, uh, what are you feeding the football players around here? Cause it seems like every time I drive down 64, they've won another state championship. They're winning three or four a year at this point. Well, uh, truth be told, is it the water? Is it coming from it, the tar river? It, it could be. We've got a great water treatment plant here. Um, we actually dish out water to more than just Tarboro. It, it really boils down to the commitment by the players themselves and the excellent coaching staff. Coach Craddock, his uh, wife Jennifer was my fourth or fifth grade teacher. She she was I mean she's in education. They they're just they're extremely disciplined and um, you know their kids from the time they can walk. That is their dream is to go play on the Tarboro High football team. And the amount of dedication that goes into that. I don't, I, I don't understand. I didn't go to Tarboro High, but the pride has always been there, and uh, it didn't pay off this year. We lost to Mount Airy, and I lost a hundred dollars to Mount Airy's uh, mayor, uh, John, a great guy. But he wanted to uh, make a bet, and he really wanted to bet some bookends. And I said, no, I, I don't need anything. But um, I tell you what, I'll, I'll bet you a hundred dollars when Tarboro High wins you can donate a hundred dollars to Tarboro community outreach. And then on his end, he said, okay, well, can you, uh, donate a hundred dollars if, uh, Mount Airy wins to Surrey medical ministries and dag on it. I had to write a check. Um, <laughs> You're up no, to $120 now. Well, uh, haven't been spent on becoming the mayor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably more than that. It's funny when my dad, uh, my dad went with me to the uh, board of elections here and I needed a treasurer. And at the board of elections, my dad said, yeah, I'll be your treasurer. I'll be glad to take all the bribes. And I was like, <laughs> d d d I just got started 30 seconds ago. You're already going to shoot me in the foot. Right. Right. Yeah. 
but yeah Awesome. Well, we, we appreciate you uh, taking time to let us come interview. Uh, this is Mayor Tate, for those of you who uh, didn't catch that at the beginning. So your Instagram, though, I do want, if people want to follow you, it's Mayor Tater. Is that correct? No, it's uh, Tarboro Tater. Tarboro Tater, and yes. And yes. if you want to find me on anything, it's going to be at Tarboro Tater. Um, that's been my handle since... AOL Instant Messenger uh, when I was in middle school, and it's still my name on just about anything social media-wise today. So I appreciate y'all coming to Tarboro, sitting down with me, and uh, listening to me ramble on. I sure do appreciate it, and God bless you for doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks again.